0: Welcome to Talking Not Ranting. My name is Alistair Field. And I'm Greg Smith. You've dropped in on our current topic series, The Struggle to Be a Good Manager. And today's episode, The Coach. Now let's set the stage here. Greg and I have been friends for a long time. And I warned Greg before we turned on the mics that I'm expecting a lot from him today because he's actually my coach.
1: Well, that's true. But we also talked about the fact that we... We had a significant amount of snow here last night. So both of us are exhausted because we haven't shoveled snow in months. And honestly, we've never had this much snow in, it's been years since we've, I think we've got 43 centimeters at least, which is two feet, depending on what you use as measurement, but it's a lot of snow. And um, so if, uh,
0: if we start to wander, we can blame it on physical exhaustion. Well, I've been out twice today. I've probably been shoveling for about an hour and a half. Me too. And yet, you know
1: what? Honestly, I love shoveling. It, 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 shoveling and cutting the lawn are two things that I love. And I think it's because you don't see traction as quickly on things. You know, results don't take time. And when you cut a lawn or when you shovel a driveway, you know, it's, it's immediate fulfillment. So that's my story. And it gives me good exercise. So uh Call me a little strange,
0: but I, I like shoveling. We are so different, my friend. So different. <laughs> neither of those activities is fun for me. It's a chore, my mm-hmm. friend. We're going to have to agree to disagree already.
1: <laughs> already. Here we go.
0: Okay. Let's uh, continue on. So Greg and I have in the past been managers for a long time. We have both benefited from other people assisting us in our management development. In every episode, we're going to discuss a situation where we and others have missed the mark. We will start at the perspective of the employee and move on. We're going to discuss how we have observed others successfully manage these situations and how we've learned from them. And we're always going to have an underlying theme of a good discussion. I think we're going to have a really good discussion today. Mm,
1: this is so important right now. This, this concept, this idea, this skill of being a good coach. So important. And it's just going to become
0: more and more important. And this is what you do, right? I mean, this is your job. You spend a certain amount of time coaching all sorts of levels of people. And, and this is what people are asking for right now.
1: Yeah, and not only coaching individuals, uh, but significantly more coaching teams and also uh, going into organizations and helping them create what you, we call a coaching culture, but really equipping uh, managers to become coaches the, uh, or to get the skills that help them become more impactful, effective coaches.
0: And for the record, you've been my coach really two specific times. Once when you started off working for yourself, you were taking a course and I was your guinea pig. And I, I, don't, know good, right. I don't know how good of a mark you got dealing with me. But I remember that. And then I was in a transition uh, the spring of, okay, this is really bad. 2019 2018 wherever it was and and you were my coach while i was going through this transition this is how the podcast came out because we had these great discussions at the diner and we forgot to mention last week greg that we went to the diner over christmas and we're served by our favorite server poppy yes poppy and we had a very good breakfast and she okay it's quite obvious she loves you and just uh accepts that i'm there you know, she's she's an
1: amazing example of service and connectivity. So Poppy is in her mid-60s. She shared, I won't give the exact uh, um, age, um, mid-60s. We haven't been in months and she knows our name and she knows our order. Uh, she is just what, what you think about service, right? Kind. Uh, thoughtful, efficient, uh, connecting, and we share with her that uh, you know we had this podcast that started here,
0: and and uh, and so she's part of it. She's very excited. Well, it's like she's looking after you in her home. That's that's the feeling yes. you get when you sit down, right? I agree, a hundred percent. So those are the two uh, times that you've coached me, and although we bounce back and forth uh, over the last couple of years uh, dealing with issues and stuff like that. So Greg is a coach, and I've been coached by Greg amongst other people. And so this is what we're going to talk about. So this is uh, a pretty intense concept for the two of us. We've both benefited from coaching. And um, although I have benefited from being coached, The lack of it has hallmarked big sections of my career. And, uh, you know, coaching, you're looking for professional advice on how you're doing your job and a path in your role and perhaps your career from your manager, and you experience some or all of the following. Your boss doesn't seem to have time or an interest in coaching you. When your boss does engage in a coaching situation, it tends to be criticism nothing positive. Your boss just talks about themselves and their experience. Your boss doesn't really listen to or get your situation. Your boss doesn't seem to think that this is their job or concern. Someone like HR or the inside learning people will look after it. So Greg, I have a few expectations on on you today, my friend, but uh, how do you think this affects the workplace and the relationships in it?
1: Well, first of all, many of the things you talked about isn't what I would consider a coach. It, it's a manager. It maybe is a mentor. Um, it's actually telling, uh, it directing, or 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 promoting myself. All those things that you talked about are actually the total opposites of even if it's an external coach. The total opposites of what we would consider a good coach. A coach is really someone who creates the space, asks great questions. Um, Using my language of safe, brave spaces sometimes creates a safe place for someone to kind of realize what their gifts are, what their strengths are, what they bring, helps them build their confidence, sometimes leverages over to the brave space of challenging people to ask, you know, why why are you continue to do a pathway that you committed to not doing? So it's really uh, an accountability partner as well as a, a creator of space for someone to discover and really answer themselves and set their own pathway forward. And what you've described is, you know, this old school style of management, which which is, you know, telling, and and often telling negative. Uh, uh, Sometimes not, definitely not listening, Um, talking about myself and my experience, that is what we almost expected of managers in the old days, Uh, and old days may have not been that long ago, but now with multiple generations um, that are focused on really wanting to learn and grow, the role... Of a manager has changed significantly. And in many of our podcasts, we've talked about this concept of coaching, creating that space, asking those questions, challenging where necessary. You know, last week was about no, right? The art of no. And and that's a part of of, of being a good coach, is kind of the, that framework. So when that doesn't exist, you're gonna have people leaving because this is what people want these days. And there's lots of data that says when you create a coaching culture, you also tap into the strength of the organization, which results in delivering great numbers. So it's a win-win, but unfortunately we've never really historically put as much priority on this. And therefore folks don't have the necessary skills we've paid managers to answer stuff, to tell And now we're saying, well, wait a second, that's never really worked. We need you to sometimes tell, you know, in certain situations, but often create the space for folks to think and do and accomplish things. So um, it's it's a big shift. And um, however, it can be learned and uh, you see the impact when it's in place.
0: And that's why people like you quite frankly, are engaged and are employed because you provide, you know, that approach that companies don't necessarily, that they can't or they won't um, give their, uh, their people. Yeah. And you know what? I've been very fortunate throughout my career
1: to most often be in organizations that they didn't call it coaching cultures. They didn't call it anything fancy, but they actually had environments where it created the spaces for this kind of thing to happen. Um, And more and more companies are recognizing the value of it. And as a result of it, you know, I'm able to go in with, you know, partners from my organization who are also all certified coaches and, and not only coaches, but experts in helping to establish the the programs, you know, and our goal is always to come in, help teach, help support, and then get out, because you want it to be sustainable beyond that. The best coaching programs uh, are ones
0: that are um, sustainable. That's cool. And you know, when we were talking about doing this one, and I was giving some thought to it, I went back and there are a couple seasons in my career where I was coached very well. And to your point, it wasn't called that. Um, They didn't actually have a word for it. People just uh did it and it was informal and uh you know when you don't have that especially if you're in a season where you need it you know there's a big difference in, in your experience at work and in your career yeah and this
1: business is massive now right the whole coaching business billions and billions of dollars uh and it's automated you know there's a lot of tech that's being used now which is which can be good um, and uh, but sometimes it's just on development. Sometimes it's broader. But most coaches, the best coaches, actually create the space for the whole person, because you know what, it is the whole person who comes to work, right? So, uh, and we've talked about this in many of our podcasts, is that a, a leader's responsibility is to really, you know, know that person to support that space, and that space involves what's happening in their life as well as what's happening at work. And, um, so this is
0: why it's become so, so important. So let's, uh, talk, uh, about a few things that, uh, a manager in a coaching role could do to help deal with the situation. And I think the first part is, uh, sometimes it's your role. Well, and just recognizing that today in today's world, coaching
1: is a key piece of your role, uh, and not just a little bit, it's a big piece. Of most managers' roles these days. And uh, so, recognizing that, you know, there, as we said, there are sometimes when you need to make a call, there's sometimes when you need to be more directive. Um, however, m- most of your role is creating the space for people to contribute at their highest level.
0: And I think, you know, in realizing that that is your role, um, Think about the people and circumstances where you were coached. It might not have been called that, but how it impacted uh, your life, your career. Yeah, it's interesting because when I do individual coaching, one of my exercises
1: is called uh, Meaningful Experiences and Meaningful Moments. And we ask folks to just think about, hey, when did they feel just alive, when were they in flow, you know, really getting things done. And we asked them to kind of capture what was happening in the moment, who was around, what were they doing, what were you doing. And often in those situations, like the way the majority of the time, they were in moments where you had someone who created that space, who were it was coaching you uh, versus telling you and that's, that's when flow happens. And that's when results happen and potentials released. And when you ask people to think about that, really pause, just like you did earlier on saying, you know what? I remember a couple of times and it was in those moments. I had someone who I was working with who really just created that space for me
0: and great things happen. And coaching is different than evaluating somebody. Yes. Yeah. Again, it's, it's
1: coaching. Isn't about me. Coaching is about the coachee. It's about helping the coachee reflect and almost evaluate themselves, but not in the bad term. It's more like discover is probably a better word than evaluate, discover and then and then apply what they discover towards what they're trying to accomplish.
0: And the next point I believe you've touched on already, knowing your people is so important in coaching. Yeah, you know, great
1: uh, great coach, coachy. It's about relationship. It's about fit um, and as a leader, as a manager, we've said this in almost every podcast that um, it starts with knowing your people and, and actually being curious and interested in your people. And, and that gives you so much more richness and it creates that safe space that someone's going to be more open with you. Um, so it all starts with knowing and you see the important impacts of that uh, because you're going to uh, you're going to notice changes more. Um, and we know that from a retention perspective in these days of the great resignation, great reflection, it's still about am I valued? do I belong is a key component of it. And belonging starts with
0: being known. And although examples of your experience can be helpful, this is not a documentary about your career. Yeah. And as you learn to be a good coach, um,
1: it's, it's tough, man, because, you know, when I first became a coach, I had tons of years experience. And I had lots of things that, that I could really say and do to help people move forward. So, you know, some of my experiences and my samples, my examples, all those things were really good to help people. But we all know, how much more impactful it is when I uncover it within myself first, or when I articulate what I need to do first, I don't need your examples. I may at some point, or when you ask, uh, I had, I had someone recently that said, Hey, Greg, this is the situation I'm in. I'm wondering if you can give me your suggestion. And I said, well, well what are you thinking about? What are you doing? And then what are you going to do? And then why are you going to do that? And, and what do you hope to come out of that? And this person articulated an amazing strategy to deal with a very crunchy situation. And then I said, that's what I would do, <laughs> you know, but, but how much more powerful was them to actually think through the steps on what he was doing though, not only the what, but the why um, that's what great coaches do. I could have told them what to do and it would have been very similar to what he ended up end up um, articulating, but it's so much better. When I actually allow it to work through my neurons to actually happen, it's more embedded then, and,
0: and the likelihood of success is going to be much higher. It's funny, I remember, uh, uh, it's happened a couple of times, but uh, probably the more recent uh, example, uh, I was called into a meeting, and uh, it started sounding like there was going to be a coaching session. I went, oh, this is uns- you know, surprising. And uh, it was only like that for about three or four minutes. And the other 20 minutes was definitely a documentary about the other person in the room. And uh, I thought it was kind of funny. I went, uh, oh, you had me there for a second. And now it's just something else. And that's fine. But uh, I think, you know, it's something that wanting to help, knowing that you have concrete examples that fit the situation, but, you know, holding back and helping this person go through a kind of a self-evaluation journey to get to that answer it takes a lot of, of discipline, right? Because uh, you know, anytime you get somebody that's been in a, a role or something for 30 years, they've got, they've seen everything and they could definitely come up with every answer. But the importance of allowing that person to journey is, is such a, a good and important thing.
1: Yeah. if you have a heart to serve, right? I mean, I, I love helping people. And so that's even tougher because I just want to jump in and help. But I recognize over my career, and as I've as I've learned to become even a better coach, is that helping sometimes is holding the space, even when it's empty space. You know, when you ask someone or they ask a question, you ask them a question, and they're they're thinking through. It is really hard to not jump in and say, "Okay, I gave you two seconds now. Now I'll tell you the story." Uh, but there's so much power in that hold.
0: And I'm going to skip one of the points because we we kind of slid into another one. And I think it just ends it off really, this whole idea off really well. Your role isn't to solve every problem, but to help out people on their journey. Yeah, it definitely is. And I actually want to go back to one little thing about that
1: one. Because the other one was as important to listen to people, which is that. I would just highlight listening is not only to words. Uh, The best coaches are truly present with their coachee and listen to words, but also listen to um, cues like verbal verbal and non-verbal cues. You know, what's the energy of the person? Where are they at? Being able to pull that stuff out is so much more powerful with coaching. And the best coaches, you know, this might sound a little, uh, I don't know, foo-foo or whatever, but, energy of of the room and really shifts. Um, There's tons of studies around third level listening, which is beyond words and even physical actions. It's just a sense and you know it. And you know, like it, uh, we experience that when you just feel a shift in the room. And you wonder what the heck was that? Well, normally, you'll feel that as a coach, when you're truly being present, you're you know, as a, as a manager, when we've talked about this in other podcasts, you know, leave your phone aside, um, really be focused, that allows the space for great coaching and great listening, which is
0: beyond words. Yeah, I really like that. That's so cool. And the next one in coaching, you need to help people in the journey by being realistic and practical. Sometimes you need to bring focus to next steps versus the big picture of Wonderland. And when I go back, and I think about those experiences where Uh, I mean, we didn't have the coaching word then. Uh, The organization I came from, coaching, meant something else. But in those situations where I was being coached, uh, what I appreciated about those situations was uh, me being helped to figure out what the next step or the next couple steps were in this journey rather than get frustrated or dream about something, you know, know, four or five years down the road. It was good to keep that in mind. But what were my tangible next couple steps going to be? and what that would look like. And that's what I appreciated about those situations. I agree, I think that's so important. And you know, like it, it's uh,
1: the best coaches uh, open up the space enough so you can think and dream and and really think. But the uh, the other thing they do is help you narrow the focus to what you're going to do, and then hold you accountable to it. Because um, I, I have had coaches where that are really nice people and I have a nice conversation with them, but if it doesn't get to deliverables of what I'm trying to achieve and move forward, and if it isn't uncomfortable sometime, you know, we need, we end all of, our, uh, all of our podcasts with the idea of, you know, you wanna feel a little journey and you wanna feel a little joy. Well, again, the best coaching is feeling a little journey and a little joy. And part of that is this idea of helping you be realistic and practical because good ideas not move to action, aren't very effective.
0: And that's what I remembered from those really uh, cool mm. situations. What was that, you know, what's the next step? And, you know, especially if you're in a big organization and maybe you don't have a grasp on, you know, the total culture of it and kind of where you fit and you're in that kind of space, that next step is such an important thing. Yeah. And you know, going back to that idea of really
1: knowing your people, this is where it comes really keen, right? Because um, someone who is more practical, you need to help them pull out to be more broader in their thinking first, because they're going to be good at being practical getting stuff done. Um, some people who are less practical to get stuff done, you don't need to pull them too far out. You got to help them get focused. So Actually, knowing your people and saying, you know, I know like Greg, he's a bit of a dreamer and he'll jump from one thing to the other because he gets excited about stuff. What Greg mostly needs is accountability and focus uh, because he's got lots of big ideas to go forward, you know. And I'm talking about myself, it's true. And that's where my coaches have been really helpful. They've said, well, Greg, those are amazing ideas. But what are the two things? that you really want to. Know. What does that look like? And what's the first step you're going to take to actually move it forward? And what are we going to talk about next time we get together that that tells you that you've actually moved this needle forward with
0: regards to it? Well, that's crunchy for me, but that's exactly what I need. Well, it's funny because that's the dynamic in this podcast, right? You're the dreamer and I'm very practical and you pull me out to look, okay, where are we? How can we, you know, what can we do with this and move it? And I'm, you know, I'm keeping you on a on a, a program, uh, every episode, right? Like, you know, and that's, you know, you know, that's the dynamic here. And that's sometimes the dynamic in a coaching session as well. Exactly. And it all starts with knowing
1: who is this person that I'm managing coaching and, and what do they most need to be released their potential and going forward? That's so, so important.
0: So as employees, there's a couple things we can do to assist in this situation because it's about us, right? coaching is valuable. A lot of people, if you say the word coaching, they don't know what it means. They don't want to be part, you know, what, what, is this another hour a week that I don't get to do work? You know, what is this? I think it's important that people understand what coaching is and realize the value of it. I agree. That's a good one because sometimes
1: to your point, what you just said, oh, I don't have time for coaching. What's that all about? But if you, if you think about coaching as a chance to really uh, have have someone, whether it's your boss or someone else, that could really create the space for you to even do better, to pause, to think through all those things. So valuable. But sometimes we get so focused on doing that we don't think of the value of slowing down, reflecting, uh, and diving a little bit deeper.
0: And be honest and practical in your approach. And this has come up in a couple other podcasts about being honest in conversations with people and practical so that you can get the best thing out of any conversation. Yeah, what you bring to it is what you get from it, right? And your boss isn't responsible to solve all your issues or dreams, but they certainly have a role to play. It's a partnership.
1: Yeah, so coaching, again, is holding the space for you to take ownership uh, with what you choose to take ownership for. Uh, So that isn't the old school of of, while waiting for my boss to do everything. It's actually coaching is more informed to to create the space for you to see the path and then to move on the path.
0: And listen, some bosses are awkward in this type of situation. So if you are being coached by your boss or some other senior person in the organization, sometimes you just have to be patient and work with them.
1: Yeah, you know what? Because this is
0: tough. As we said at the beginning,
1: for years and years, this was not on the top priority of managers. And now we're saying to managers who's been managing under the old system for 20, 30 years to say, now we want you to be a coach and not give answers, but create space. Well, they might be impatient, especially like we talked about. I know the answer, like, why Why shouldn't I tell you? Um, uh, so part of that is actually being patient. I love that. And also, uh, you know, even coaching your boss, creating the space, asking the questions. There's an
0: opportunity for you to help them grow and learn. And there's that tension, right? Because it would be quicker for your boss in a coaching session to tell you what to do. Here's an example. This is how it works. This is your next step. Now go, you know, seven minutes, right? You know, there is this tension. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know,
1: things are busy these days. It's a lot easier uh, and it's a short-term thinking because you're not going to transfer the knowledge or really get them to next time
0: think through it but it seems a lot easier to just say this is what you need to do go and coaches aren't always just the boss sometimes it is your workmates you've been my coach and yet we've never been in a relationship where one of us is uh has authority over the other we, we choose to work together in this podcast but you've been my coach and sometimes some of the best, best coaches are people that are, you know, in your life that are lateral. Yeah, and sometimes
1: they can be folks that uh, report to you. Like I've some of my most um, meaningful shifts have come from folks who report to me. I mean, I tell the story about, you know, me being kind of a, a really bold and loud leader at points and having this really new person and men person come to me and say, Hey, Greg, can I talk to you for a second and coach me on how I was showing up in my meetings? Well, this person was like five levels below me and just started with the organization, but had the courage and the care for me to help me see something that I wasn't seeing. And and that's coaching. And it was beautiful and it was a big shift in my life. And they weren't my boss. They weren't my external coach. They weren't even my direct reports. They were my direct reports, direct reports, direct report.
0: I like that story. I really do. And uh, if you're in a coaching situation, you're being coached, be open to things you never thought about. Um, you know, Being open in this situation is going to bring more value to the conversation. Yeah, and this goes back to our ending comment
1: of where we—I always end with it's just being aware of that emotion that you feel. You know, if something really peeves you off, what they said, then that's a that's a good sign. That's something to go ding, 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 ding. Uh, What, what, what? Why am I feeling this way? What's churning? What's the question I need to ask, or the other way? So being open is so much, so much, so much uh, uh, better, and it is tough. Uh, especially when someone is pointing out something that, you know, <laughs> there's nothing worse than that, but it's important.
0: This is going very well, Greg wrap up.
1: Well, I'm, I'm glad the pressure is off. Like we've at least <laughs> delivered it somewhat, you know, for me, coaching is here to stay and coaching has been here a long time. You know, our best leaders that we work for throughout our careers and that our parents work for in their careers and our grandparents work for in their careers, um, ask good questions, gave space for people to dream and deliver uh, and challenge back when things were, weren't, weren't, uh, weren't aligned or they weren't following up on their commitments and going forward. This isn't new, but it's It's a big term and it is a skill that that takes time to learn Um, especially when there's pressures that are happening of getting things done. So coaching is not only here, but it's here to stay. And I can tell you that the the generation, the millennials, generation Z, and the folks that are coming along behind, this is an important aspect. But it's equally important for Xers and boomers. We all want this space. We all want this um, uh, guidance and the support to be the best we can be. And it's also rewarding, because when you do create that space, when you see those lights turn on in someone uh, that that oh, they see that there's nothing there's nothing more special than that. Uh, So uh, I, I, I'm excited that we're talking about this and I'm excited that most organizations are recognizing the power of equipping their managers to be able to create the space to release the potential, to deliver the results, and to, and to
0: make meaningful contribution? When I started thinking about uh, coaching, uh, the instances where I was coached, uh, sometimes that's the name for it. Other times it was not the name for it, but that's what it was. Those moments were so valuable to me. Uh, a lot of them took place uh, at critical junctions in, in what I was doing. But it, it's funny because the, the desert times when I didn't have coaching and I really needed it, man, you really realize those moments when you've had a good experience. And, and I'm, I'm thinking back now probably five or six uh, very important times when I had a coach. Sometimes they were within the organization I was working. Sometimes they were outside. And uh, I went, you know, that was such a good experience. And, you know, as a manager, I probably did a little bit of coaching, but uh, never received direction or training to do that. Um, The coaching I was probably being told to do was more a training type of thing. But, um, you know, thinking back about uh, probably the second time you were coaching me when I was going through transition, And just listening to what you said today and what I was saying today is interesting because, uh, it, uh, it wasn't always one thing. Like there's times when you just let me ramble and then you ask me a couple of quick, uh, uh, direct questions and which starts me off again. And then we have a discussion back and forth, but there's also been times when you've been very direct with me. And, Mm -hmm. uh, I think of one time is hilarious. You know, know, what do you think of this? I said, I wouldn't do that for you. Wow. (laughs) Like, you know, you hit me right between the eyes with it, but. Uh, just seeing how uh, really good coaching works and I probably in the last four or five years had you know you uh, someone else and two other people who and those other people were very situational um, very good people at coaching right Mm -hmm. um, you know trained uh, right attitude um, and it was just very, very important at the times that I needed them. And so this idea uh, of coaching, I like it. Um, I realized when I didn't have it how valuable it was and that I was in the desert. And uh, I, I I just think it's something that um, should happen. Maybe not all the time, but certainly there's times when it needs to take place. And I just hope people have the confidence to, if you are a manager, to try it. And you know, you're in a relationship and not... Everything we do doesn't go great all the time. And sometimes we make mistakes and sometimes, you know, it doesn't work out as well as other times. But if you don't do it, then, you know, everybody's missing out. And I think as a manager, the times that I have coached people and had those types of conversations, um, it was valuable to me as well. I appreciated it. You know, you had this, it deepened your relationship with the person, deepened your understanding of them, and you connected in a different way. And when you've had those conversations or a series of conversations with somebody, um, your ability to communicate with those people afterwards, uh, non-verbally, verbally, or sensing what was going on is just heightened. And it, it's, it makes for a much better workplace.
1: And yeah, you know what's interesting is the beautiful gift of uh, if you're a manager listening to the program and decide, you know, I'm not sure I want to invest in you know, this coaching. I might be the end of my career or that's not my thing or whatever. The, these are learned skills. Anybody can learn to become a good coach takes practice, but the, the beautiful additional bonus is as I learned to be a better coach, as I deepened my skills in this space, I became a better partner. I became a better parent. I became a better friend. I became a better son because you know what, when you're a learning these coaching skills you're learning to ask, you're learning to be present you're learning to ask good questions you're learning to be patient and you're opening your own space to learn and grow those things are amazing for outside of work in your relationships and uh, so I would highly recommend that if you do get an opportunity to take a coaching program or read a coaching book there's there's a, lots of great books, one called The Coaching Habit, which is really good out there. Um, just just, just l- begin to learn the skills uh, because it's going to make your job uh, a lot easier as a manager. And frankly, it'll make your life better in so many different areas because it opens up space for uh, trust to build and uh, relationships to strengthen.
0: Send me the link to that. We'll put it in the show notes as well.
1: Yeah, that's great. Because we'll if do. somebody's
0: interested, I'd be, a, you, know, you know, we're all stuck inside. So it's a great time to read. Mm-hmm. Um, that was awesome, Greg. Uh, listen, folks, we hope that uh, you found uh, the things that we've talked about helpful. We hope that we didn't say anything that uh, you found offensive or made you angry. And I don't think we probably did that today. But Greg, I think your philosophy lands very well on this episode for sure. Yeah, we always end each of our shows
1: with uh, a great learning that I experienced as a, from my first coach. And I try to do that as well. And we've actually mentioned in this podcast a couple of times, is this idea that the best coaching situations and the best learning situations are ones in which you feel a little bit of churn and a little bit of joy. So the churn is usually when something you know you're not doing as well as you could or maybe something that just hits you that you just haven't focused as much and uh, surprises you. And joy is when, you know, you're making traction and moving forward and both are powerful if you look at them and learn from them and apply the learning into your life. So we hope that in this podcast, that maybe you've experienced a bit of churn uh, and we hope that you've also experienced some joy as you continue to grow as a manager, as a leader, as a
0: contributor to the world. And I think we're going to have to do a shout out, Greg. All righty. I just like the sound of this place. I'm just going to check on my phone, to make sure. I think it's in Florida. I'm not 100% sure. Uh, the analytics give me the name of the place and the country, but it doesn't necessarily give me the province, state, or region, however your country works. It just sounds good. Sugar Grove, welcome to the club. Sugar Grove. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that sounds man. You know, when we're sitting in two feet of snow or 43 centimeters of snow, Sugar Grove sounds like a really nice place.
0: Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, thank you everybody for listening to us. Uh, you know, our next season is, is in, in progress, and uh, we're hoping to have a couple interviews for you in the next couple weeks. So, uh, hang out for uh, talking about Ranting 2.0. Uh, The interview sessions are coming back. Uh, We're going to be doing a couple of those, inserting them in the lineup. So listen, remember, people matter. Take the time with the people you work with. They're an important part of your job, your success, or your failure. Talk to you next time.
1: Take care.